Welcome to The Extra, the show that connects you to the issues, topics, and people that are important to you. And certainly one of the topics that can get people going and talking for quite some time are the conditions of our state highways, whether it's, uh, oh, there are more drivers on the roads these days, or, oh, those drivers are going a lot faster than I remember them going these days. Uh, There's always something to spark conversation. Uh, But at the same time, we have seen improvements just witness the i-25 gap project that is entering its final months it's pretty much open and 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 exactly the way it's designed except for uh we know they are fine-tuning that exchange or uh the the extra lane where there are going to be some tolls in that lane uh joining us today to talk more about the projects that are going on what we should know some important safety programs that are going on. We're so glad to have with us CDOT's Bob Wilson joining us today to talk uh, and communicate more about what's going on with CDOT. First of all, welcome to the show, Bob. Thank you. Good morning, Shannon. Good morning. It, it's good to have you. I mean, we uh, once a month get these uh, conversations going with the folks from CDOT. And uh, last month, uh, of course, a lot of the traffic safety messaging that we were uh, talking about in the month of December, really important leading into the holidays. And, and as we come out of the holidays now, it feels like time to turn over a fresh leaf, start the conversation, uh, look forward to some of the projects ahead. And and uh, just get going with uh, a lot of what makes uh, CDOT so successful. Uh, so let's uh, start breaking down some of these uh, projects that are ongoing or about to start or maybe wrapping up. So uh, as we've talked in past uh, episodes of The Extra with your predecessor, Michelle Pulin, uh, the MAMSIPS project, one of my favorite projects to mention because of the acronym that's uh, kind of fun oh. to say, MAMSIPS, but it stands for Military Access Mobility and Safety Improvement Project. So tell us what this is and where we stand with it. Well, it's it's four distinct road projects, so it's a pretty extensive project. So the biggest one and the the one that I think that uh, bothers the most people, if you will, when they're driving through and has the most exposure is the I-25 segment that runs between Fountain and South Academy Boulevard. And, uh, you know, right now we have traffic moved into basically the northbound lane, all traffic, and in a a two-lane each direction configuration with a barrier wall right in the middle. Um, and so that's the biggest part of, of that particular project. You're talking about seven, seven and a half miles of work. And that uh, continues to take place and, and will for the foreseeable future. And, uh, you know, it's been a problem area for us as well. Um, and we do everything we can to maintain safety through there. But we have had problems with, with uh, drivers speeding through there. And because the lanes are so tight through there, um, it can create a lot of hazard if people are driving too fast or because it's so tight, if somebody uh, get, takes a wrong turn, if you will, gets slightly outside of their lane, it can create a lot of chaos through there. So uh, what we've been stressing with that particular project or that particular segment of the project is uh, the need to slow down, give yourself some time as you're traveling through there. It's only a small section, but you know, once the work is done, 
Um, it's going to be a much better segment of highway. Um, we are widening the highway. It's going to be three lanes, plus we're going to have some really wide shoulders, a really good road surface through there with uh, concrete on the main road surface, asphalt on the shoulders. Um, so the traffic flows are going to be much, much better once we get through that uh, project, when that segment of the project is completed. So we're just asking people for their patience um, as they travel through there. And I know a lot of people travel through there every day because mm -hmm. uh, I hear about it. And so, um, you know, we're, we're, we keep moving ahead, and uh, it's, we, it's, it's important enough to keep working even through the winter. As you know, we don't – most projects go on hiatus during the wintertime, but this project is so large and so important, we have to continue working on it uh, around the clock and, you know, uh, 12 months a year. And when you're talking about a project that is, as you said, so large, um, I mean, funding for a project of this size is probably uh, significant. Uh, what is it? How much is this all costing? And and where do you gather that funding for? Because it's primarily going to benefit, or a lot of it's going to benefit, uh, the military people who are utilizing those entrances. Yeah, you know, the state funding, I'm checking to see the exact breakdown on on that on that funding but uh that's okay that's okay if you don't have the they, breakdown yeah i don't have it right in front of me no worries but uh there's a yeah there's a number of sources for a project like this i mean um and there's other aspects of this project that are coming from various funding sources there is the section of south academy boulevard um that uh, are going to be getting contributions not only from cdot but also from El Paso County, from the Pikes Peak Rural Transportation Authority. And then there's also a, a, a build transportation desk, uh, a discretionary grant program that also comes from the Federal Department of Transportation. So um, this project has a, very, uh, a number of uh, funding sources. Yeah, a number of people, partners, that uh, agencies that are uh, interested in in seeing this project come about and be successful. Now, I, you mentioned the the speeding through that area, and I myself was stuck in one of those accidents. Um, the backup that lasted it lasted quite some time because, like you said, there's not a lot of maneuvering area. So when there is an accident and uh, rescue vehicles need to respond and tow vehicles, not a lot of uh, places to maneuver. Uh, those vehicles through to get to them um and 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 granted i mean that's the way it has to be during the uh, course of this construction but would would it help to position law enforcement vehicles near there or would that do you think contribute to more traffic snarls and potential for problems and hazards well people tend to slow down when they see vehicles with uh with the red and blue lights on top of on top of them um so you do see a lot of uh, you do tend to see people slow down when they do see law enforcement, and that can always be always can be a big help to slowing people down. Um, but also fines are doubled through that area. The speed limit is currently 55 miles per hour, and uh, law enforcement does have uh, the ability to double the fines through there. So it can take quite a big bite out of your wallet if you are uh, if you are ticketed for speeding. That's a plenty good incentive, disincentive for, for a lot of people, yeah. including myself. Okay, let's uh, move on. Let's talk about the Colorado Highway 115 improvements. Uh, what is that and where is it taking place and what should we know about it? So this, uh, that particular project is taking place uh, to the just uh, west. Uh, it's 115, so it's 
west of uh, Fort Carson. And so this is a pretty, a pretty large project just south of the Springs and just south of Fort Carson Gate uh, 6. So that's kind of like that Rock Creek, uh, Rock Creek Canyon Road, Wilderness Drive area. And so there's widening taking place on there. Um, we're adding passing lanes through there, adding right turn lanes. We're also reconstructing the bridge over Rock Creek and then doing major rehab or some reconstruction on the cracked or the distressed pavement that we have through that area. So altogether, you know, we're talking about approximately eight miles. It goes as far south as the El Paso Fremont County line. So it's a pretty extensive project as well mm-hmm. uh, and, taking place through there. And and you do get a lot of uh, drivers who look for that as their access to getting to Canyon City, between Canyon City and the Springs. So it's good that there are some improvements coming there. All right, we need to take a break here. Bob Wilson is our guest today, and he is the statewide communications manager for CDOT. Uh, so when I said his predecessor, I meant his predecessor as guest on our show is usually Michelle Pulin had been joining us, uh, but she has moved on. And so now it's Bob Wilson, and we really appreciate your time here joining us here on the extra with our listeners when we come back we're going to be talking about the ramp metering project yeah sure you've seen the the ramp meters that are in place on at a couple of on ramps in colorado springs but where there are going to be more that's coming up here on the extra and much more keep on listening to krdo news radio and we're back with Bob Wilson, Statewide Communications Manager for CDOT. And we are talking about uh, some of the projects that have been ongoing uh, that you may have needed to slow down for, but that are going to bring good and big and significant improvements to your normal drive. Uh, so, Bob, let's talk about uh, some of the projects that are coming your way. Now, before we get to uh, talking about ramp metering, what other projects do you want to talk about? Uh, with the other project that we were talking about uh, with the Mansip project, um, I did want to uh, let people know that uh, beginning this weekend, we are going to have a detour in place uh, through the ramps uh, for southbound I-25 because we are going to start demolishing that southbound bridge um, so we can build a new one. And so we need to have a detour in place, plenty of room for to, to demolish that bridge. So people need to expect some slowdowns going through there overnight and then uh, also through overnight and through the whole weekend, actually. And then during the week, it'll be just overnight. And then Academy Boulevard itself will be closed both directions. So uh, the detour will be in place. People have to go south down to exit 132, which is the other, the north fountain exit. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're going eastbound, and then if they're headed westbound, they're going to have to go back up to Circle Drive and do a turnaround there because of the Academy Boulevard closure. So whenever we're doing, whenever we're demolishing a bridge, you know, it requires uh, a full closure for safety reasons. We can't have moving traffic anywhere near any kind of that work. So um, that's going to be taking place. And so people uh, should expect some traffic shifts over the next couple of weeks through that area as we get uh, moving on the construction of the new bridge structures and the continued demolition of the old structure through there. Um, also, I did want to mention, you know, there's, a, there's a, a, other aspects of that, of that project. So we're almost uh, complete um, down further south, uh, the further south uh, fountain exit, exit 128, and we're almost done with the Charter Oak Ranch Road Improvement Project. Um, where we have road improvements, some drainage improvements, and some structures improvements through there. And then out east, 
another uh, previously problem area with Highway 94. So we've got the uh, one mile long passing lane on westbound 94 out there. So that'll help improve visibility and allow vehicles to safely pass there along that stretch of highway. It's been a problem area. Plus we'll have uh, Blaney Road there. We're gonna have a, a, new, a new intersection in place there. So that'll improve safety and, and traffic movements through that area. So uh, I wanted to add that in along with the I-25 work um, that's that's taking place. And then of course, Academy Boulevard, um, there'll be work taking place uh, through there. So and, I wanted and, to make sure that people were aware of that. And this all falls under the umbrella of the MAMSIPS project, but because it's so extensive, it, it, it includes various areas like you were mentioning, huh? Yeah, exactly. You know, because this is the, the the idea behind this project is, you know, for defense access and provide safe haul routes, you know, between all these significant military facilities to and from Interstate 25. So um, that's why you see a number of different areas um, that are under construction being reconstructed. So it's it's not just an I-25 thing. Um, there's a number of areas that uh, also are being improved. Right. Well, it every day when we do our traffic reports, uh, at a certain point, uh, we know that we're going to be reporting on uh, issues there, like, for instance, at the Fort Carson uh, entrance. So um, anything that's going to alleviate those uh, delays as much as, uh, you know, on the on the construction side, you know, and improving that is going to be appreciated. All right. Um, anything else you want to mention about the Highway 115 or the MAMSIPS project before we move on? Um, I think I think we're we're pretty good on the 115 project. You know, the, just as long as people are aware, this project is going to continue on through the entirety of 2023. So it's not like we're going to be done in the in the summertime. So people should be prepared for some slowdowns, some traffic shifts as they travel that area if they're going uh, to and from uh, some parts of Fort Carson or going down to to Penrose or Canyon City, any of those areas be aware that construction will take place uh, throughout throughout the year and we anticipate it to be completed by December of next year. Okay. okay. Or December of this year, I guess I should say. It doesn't, yeah, it, we're, we're right in the new year. So yeah, it's, exactly. I have to adjust that thinking. Yeah, it's right here, 2023. All right, let's talk about this project, the I-25 Auxiliary Lane Project. What is this and, and what exactly are we talking about with this? So we are going to be adding, uh, you can, in essence, a right lane to both northbound and southbound Interstate 25 between Garden of the Gods Road and Fillmore. Um, and that will be, it'll, in essence, when you're getting onto I-25, um, you, there'll be a continuous lane all the way to Garden of the Gods, both on northbound and southbound I-25. So, um, this work will begin probably in the summer. Uh, that's what we're looking at right now, uh, so people can anticipate that construction. However, this will be a little bit different than what you might see down um, with the Mansip project that we were just talking about. Um, these lanes will be on the right side. They're acceleration, deceleration lanes. So the work will be done to the right of moving traffic. So there'll still be the uh, three lanes of traffic in place, but then there'll be a right lane behind barrier wall under construction. However, um, because it is a construction zone, people should anticipate that there will be speed reductions through that area as well. So even though 
it won't be impacting the mainline traffic lanes that exist right now. It'll still be a construction zone, and there might be some traffic impacts, but if it would be taking place, it would be taking place at night because of the amount of traffic uh, going through that area. But it'll help with traffic flow through there, and as anybody who's uh, traveled through that area, um, especially during the commuter hours knows, um, traffic slows down significantly through there, so this will be a, a big help for uh, for traffic flow uh, between Garden of the Gods and Fillmore. Right, and, and actually... It- drivers sometimes behave as if it is an auxiliary lane uh you know they 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 do tend to kind of uh, extend their driving uh as they're uh going along there between at least in the northbound direction i've noticed uh between Fillmore and Garden of the Gods so uh, this will be um at least putting those protections in place of an actual lane all right, we have much more ahead. We need to talk about that ramp metering issue. Uh, that's coming up. Bob Wilson is our guest. He's the statewide communications manager for CDOT. We have more of the extra coming up in our next half hour. Keep on listening to KRDO News Radio. Welcome back. And our guest today, Bob Wilson with CDOT. He's the state communications manager today. We are talking about the projects that are designed to improve the safety and mobility of drivers on our state highways. And Bob, uh, we uh, have been talking about this in, in previous visits with CDOT. Uh, and, and some people may have thought that the project was all done. The ramp meters that went in on on-ramps in Colorado Springs, uh, First of all, where do we stand with this project, and is there more to come? Yeah, we're right now on winter hiatus uh, with the rent metering project, um, so there's still more to come. Um, beginning in the spring, we're going to get back out there and uh, install ramps, or install ramps, install ramp metering on uh, at Academy Boulevard. There's going to be, uh, we're going to finish up the ramp metering uh, there at Academy Boulevard. That should be. We're expecting to be completed probably in May um, with that, but then there's also work that's taking place at Woodman Road and then also at, Nate, uh, at Northgate Boulevard. We also have work that's going to be taking place there with the ramp meters, and we expect that work to be done by the end of August this year. So uh, still more ramp work to be done, but uh, right now uh, we are just uh, holding off during the winter time. That, uh, that work tends to be a little bit more sensitive due to the, the temperatures, the cold temperatures right now. So um, that's, that's coming, but uh, just not yet. We still have a few months to go. Can you explain to our listeners who may be, uh, you know, thinking that the ramp meters, that, the, that those lights are just something to slow them down. Can you explain to our listeners what the purpose of them is and what they're designed to do that helps all of us? Sure. You know, it makes the road safer. What it does, it improves the traffic flow because it paces vehicles uh, uh, paces vehicles onto the interstate uh, into the merging traffic. So um, instead of everybody with a continuous flow going onto the interstate, you have a pacing mechanism that's taking place. And so we have uh, devices in there that also provide the detection and let us know, you know, it tri- it's triggered by the I-25 traffic volumes, and then it spaces it out appropriately. So sometimes you'll see that green light go a little bit faster. Sometimes the red light will stay on a little bit longer, and that's just pacing. It just depends on what the traffic volumes are. But it avoids that long, you know, it creates a lot more traffic problems and slowdowns on the mainline interstate when you just have a continuous flow of traffic coming on to Interstate 25. 
I remember, you know, before we had uh, ramp metering on southbound I-25 from Garden of the Gods Road going southbound, I mean, traffic would be notorious for slowing down there because you just had this continuous flow of traffic uh, coming off the ramps trying to merge into mainline I-25. So with the metering, that allows there to be some pacing taking place, and it, uh, it makes for a much safer, uh, you don't get the side swipes that you often do when you just have that continuous flow of traffic coming into uh, mainline interstate traffic. So it makes, uh, makes it safer overall. And with all the electronic equipment we have, you know, it, we're able to adjust it uh, as traffic conditions uh, require. And, and is there science backing this up about, uh, you know, how this improves safety? Yeah, I mean, there's been, been lots of studies. I mean, when, when uh, the metering came into being uh, in Denver initially in Colorado, uh, it did improve safety as, at, the, at the interchanges where it was installed. And they have shown, studies have shown, because generally we're not going to put in a, a, a new safety element unless it's been proven to work. And it had been working in other cities for many years, but as traffic continues to increase wherever it is, Denver, Colorado Springs, uh, it becomes a necessary element to keep the safety, uh, maintain safety along, along the interstate system. As I was mentioning with Garden of the Gods, that was like 10, 12 years ago when I was talking to the traffic engineers about, this is getting really bad. I hope we're able to get meters in at some point because I had seen how effective they had been in other locations in Denver. So I knew it was just a matter of time before Colorado Springs would get them because of the continued increase of traffic down in the Springs. So uh, so I'm glad to see that they're going in. And I think most people would tell you that uh, do see the ma- uh, ramp metering uh, taking place uh, along Interstate 25 through Colorado Springs would say that it has it does help out to uh, merge into mainline traffic, especially during those commuter hours when those meters tend to be on. Yeah, I I know for me, and it's a weird mental thing that goes on. Uh, I always feel just a little bit extra anxious when I'm merging onto an interstate, which I'm guessing is you know probably part of the you know natural experience because you're you're going from you know street street driving, city street driving to uh, highway traffic speeds and such. And I feel just a little bit anxious. But when I have those meters, it's like a a moment that you just sit there and go, you calm down and you go, okay, everyone's kind of getting into this, you know, accelerating from the same uh, stop. And, uh, you know, and the drivers that are on the freeway already are expecting us to be merging on. I don't know. It just uh, somehow kind of does that sort of mental reset. Um, It it tends to be kind of a stop and go effect. Yeah. If you don't have the meters in place, it's true. Right. So let's, uh, if there's nothing to talk about more on that, I'd love to get in and talk about the I-25 gap project. Where do we stand with that? It's done. Um, The I-25 gap project is complete. Um, There is what we, what's known in the business as punch list items. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a couple of things left over. Uh, It's landscaping mostly. And anybody who lives in Colorado knows that you can't really do landscaping in January or February or March for that matter. You have to wait till the temperatures warm up a bit. And so there's a little bit of landscaping that's left on the gap project. And then there might be a little bit of minor work taking place, like we may have to tweak a guardrail here and there or do some slight striping adjustments, something along those lines. But 
for all purposes, for all intents and purposes, that project is now complete, and uh, we are uh, good to go. You've got uh, you got all you got a good flow of traffic uh, traveling now, but completely between Denver and Colorado Springs. That that is great, and and I know I've I felt uh, the benefits of that uh, uh, many times uh, compared to where we stood before. Where especially on the weekends, I think is when a lot of people noticed it when they were going up for you know some sort of sporting uh-huh. event or something, and and you'd you'd a lot a certain amount of time and then get stuck in traffic. Uh, but now that extra lane, the new lane, um, I see the uh, solid white lines that are separating that lane. Uh, I I have not seen any uh, notices for tolls yet. Um, is that something that's coming? It is coming. It's uh, We don't have a date yet, but tolls should be anticipated probably, we're anticipating spring, sometime in the spring, but we don't have a date. So sometime uh, you'll probably anticipate somewhere in that April, May, maybe June timeframe where tolls will be instituted. There's still uh, testing of the equipment, the tolling equipment through there. Um, so for the time being, that'll remain uh, a toll-free lane, um, but uh, they are coming, so still a few months out, but uh, they, uh, the, eventually the tolls will be uh, implemented, and again, sometime probably in the spring. All right. Well, that's maybe not the good news, but we do like the good news about the project being completed. Uh, Bob, yeah. we need to take a break here. When we come back, uh, we'll talk about busting. Let's talk about busting and winter driving. Both important okay. subjects. Okay, we're taking a break here on KRDO News Radio. To our listeners, keep on listening. Keep it right here. Welcome back to the extra. And we've been talking with Bob Wilson. And before we move on, Bob, anything else about the I 25 Gap Project that you want our listeners to know? Um, just one other thing is um, for winter driving, when people, uh, whenever the chain law is implemented for Monument Hill, which isn't too often, but for the truckers heading southbound, they will now have a new safe location to put their chains on, and that's going to be the old Larkspur rest area. Um, we have converted that into a, a chain-up station. Um, so when they are able to pull fully off the road, have their own area to chain up um, and get those chains on before they start making that big haul up over Monument Hill. So that's going to make things quite a bit safer during the wintertime when the chain law is uh, implemented for travel southbound over Monument Hill. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Well, we uh, we have been talking throughout this hour so far about the projects that CDOT is doing, uh, but we also want to be talking about ways that you can make your ride even easier by letting someone else do the driving, and that's uh, via Bustang. Uh, so why don't you tell us about Bustang Outrider? Yeah, so uh, we have the regular Bustang routes uh, that run between Colorado Springs and Denver, as well as the Outrider currently between Pueblo and Colorado Springs that connects uh, many areas of the state, including like Lamar, Alamosa, um, but uh, beginning in March, we anticipate starting uh, adding another leg to the Bustang family. The Bustang Outrider will have a route between Trinidad and Pueblo for people coming from the southern part of the state or even from Raton, New Mexico, which is just over the border. Um, so that'll provide another option for people coming from uh, southern Colorado that need to get up to Pueblo, Colorado Springs, Pueblo, uh, Denver, wherever it might be, um, since the Bustang 
uh, system is quite extensive now and continues to grow. So uh, it's not a, at this point, it's not going to be one of the large 38-seat buses. Um, it'll be more of the smaller buses that hold about 12 people. Um, but, you know, have Wi-Fi and areas to store luggage, those kinds of things that people need to, to travel up to the big city, if you will. Um, and so, uh, but if, if passenger numbers increase and there is a need, we will definitely be putting in a larger bus uh, on an as-needed basis. And then we have that for all the, uh, all the routes that have the, the smaller, you know, 12 to 15 passenger uh, vehicles, uh, the, the vehicles that hold about 12 to 15 passengers. So um, that's always going to be an option. But for right now, we'll start it off with the with the smaller version of our, our buses and uh, see how it grows. But people will now have an option between Trinidad and Pueblo. Oh, that's fantastic. I, I, I know there are some, uh, you know, you know, when you're when you're a certain age and don't have access to a car, those bus staying services can be really key. All right, let's talk about winter driving because no matter your age, winter driving can be a challenge here in Southern Colorado. Oh, you bet. You know, we right now uh, pretty decent driving conditions, but we know that's not going to last since we're right here uh, in early January. So uh, people need to be prepared. So. We, you know, we want to always stress, you know, before people travel, if they have to travel, um, that they know before they head out the door to get the latest uh, weather conditions by going to our cotrip.org website. And that'll give you not only just what the written road conditions are, but you can actually look at the cameras and see what's actually occurring on the roads and look at the overhead sign messaging to see what the messages are on the signs as you're heading wherever, north, south, east, or west from like El Paso County to see is it's like, are there icy conditions? Is, is there a chain law in effect? What there might be, uh, what might be taking place? So we're always stressing to know before you go. But you know, the, the one thing is it's like nowadays if you can work from home on a adverse weather day, we always suggest that uh, people do that instead of getting on, on the roadways. But if you do need to travel, it's always a good idea to make sure that you have a vehicle that's uh, winter ready and you have the appropriate tires and even a, a snow emergency kit in your vehicle. We always stress that, and that, you know, that would include having like an ice scraper, a snow brush. Always have winter clothing, um, if you, at least in your vehicle if you're not wearing it, coat, you know, gloves, hat, boots, and a shovel is always a good idea, booster cables. Um, one important thing, a cell phone charger, which I think most people carry with them. And then uh, uh, another good idea always is to have, a big bag of sand handy in your trunk to help boost traction, uh, especially on lighter vehicles where you might need it. Um, water, water is always a good idea to have, non-perishable food items uh, like protein bars, those kinds of things. And uh, even a tow strap, because if you get stuck in a, in a snow bank or something, a tow strap can always help out if, you have, if you're able to find somebody who can pull you out of those snow banks. That's always, uh, always a big help. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But hopefully you don't get stuck in one of those snow banks. Hopefully you follow the exactly. advice. <laughs> Stay put if you can. I, I know uh, there are also very um, strict and specific requirements if you're going I-70 up into the mountains and going there during a storm. Can you tell us about that? Uh, yeah. I mean, people just need to be aware that there are active traction laws that we can put into place when required. And that's, in essence, making sure that you have the proper snow tires 
um, to travel along Interstate 70. Usually it applies to commercial trucks, but occasionally conditions can get to the point that uh, you do need, we put the traction law in place and it might require uh, snow tires or uh, in some instances chains or an alternative traction device. So uh, we always tell people to be prepared if you are gonna be traveling the I-70 corridor and there is adverse weather in the forecast. So it's always good to, to check to see what uh, what's expected along I-70 because it can get quite messy and closures aren't unheard of. And a lot of times it's not just due to weather. Um, we've had some uh, some closures of late that were due to, to trucks getting stuck mm. that were not chained up. Mm. Um, and so that can create a problem when you get a truck across the roadway um, and that can, that can create a lot of chaos along Interstate 70. And as I mentioned, you know, if you get stuck in your vehicle, um, it's always helpful to have those weather those weather kits to at least while you're waiting for assistance or it makes it more comfortable for you if you have to wait out a, a road closure if you're stuck in the middle of traffic. Right. I mean, the horror stories that came out of Buffalo with uh, people getting stuck in their yeah. cars, just, you know, devastating exactly. to those families. And, uh, you know, those that's an extreme example. But um, uh, certainly we can all do our part to just make things a little easier for ourselves and our cars. Well, some great information. Bob Wilson, statewide communication manager for Colorado Department of Transportation. And uh, if you'd like to find out more, you can visit their website at codot.gov, co.gov, or you can also go to cotrip.org where you can find out about those important uh, traffic alerts that'll keep you on your way, getting on your way safely. Uh, Bob, thank you for joining us for this hour of conversation here on The Extra, talking about projects and ways that we can all travel safer. Thanks, Shannon. Appreciate the time. You bet. You've been listening to The Extra here on KRDO News Radio. We'll talk to you again tomorrow, 9 to 10 a.m. right here on KRDO News Radio.